Baseball Money is Fake on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Massachusetts, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Bet $100 and get $100 at WinBet.com or download the WinBet app and start winning today. State restrictions apply. We're also brought to you by Sports Gambling Podcast Final Four Watch Party. This Saturday, sweat out your bets and win prizes with Ryan, Sean, and Colby over at youtube.com slash sports gambling podcast. Welcome to Baseball Money is Fake, a fantasy baseball podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. I am Blake Meyer. Second day in a row. I'm back again, ready to talk some baseball on a Monday if you're watching this live, on a Tuesday if you're hearing this in your ears right now. As always, I am here with my man, Ryan Gilbert. How are you doing today, Ryan? I'm doing good. We got just a few more days till opening day here. We got final roster set. We talked about that on, on Sunday's show. So, yeah, most of your draft should be over. If not, you maybe have a a final few here, but yeah, it's fantasy baseball season is here. And I cannot wait. I know yesterday's episode was a lot of fun. We got a, a good amount of uh, listener interaction during the episode, which was cool as hell to see. Uh, I know we've been getting a lot of comments online of people really enjoying our stuff as well, which is nice to see. We put a lot of sweat into this, though. So. Hearing feedback from people is cool. And another way you can leave us feedback is on Apple or Spotify. If you leave a five-star review, that goes a long way to helping us continue to be able to do what we love. And that is pump out incredible fantasy baseball content. I'm not by when I say that. Uh, but today, it's one day after Anthony Volpe made the Yankees opening day roster. Uh, it's after Jordan Walker made the Cardinals opening day roster. There is one player that I have been incredibly, I have them in every league except for one, because I planned on them being the opening day starter. Grayson Rodriguez sent down to triple a for the Baltimore Orioles. What a stupid fucking move. Excuse my language. (laughs) I understand it. Their opening day like starting rotation is so bad. None of those people could hold his jock strap, and somehow he gets sent down to triple A. Did you have any shares of Grayson Rodriguez, or am I the only one hurting right now? Oh, no, I had a bunch of Grayson Rodriguez, especially in my best ball. You know, I thought, you know, he's gonna all signs pointed to him making in the open day roster. He's gonna, I imagine, make his MLB debut and pitch in the majors some point in this season. Perhaps this, this makes it so he is able to pitch deeper into into, into the season rather than being on, on a pitch limit later on. But yeah, it, it's th- their pitchers aren't good. They have, they've, Kyle Gibson's in there. Kyle Bradish. Uh, is John Means back and healthy now? Because me, me, not Gibson. yet. Gibson, he's good. He's not there Gibson, yet though. Uh, Kremer, Cole Irvin, Kyle Bradish, and Tyler Wells. Yeah, you, you can't you can't really be competitive with that rotation. So hopefully it's, it's just a thing where it's a few starts in the minors and and he's called back up, but I don't know. They have the thing in the CBA now where don't you like get some sort of compensation pick. If you like have a starter, have a rookie on your open day roster, 
to combat the uh, service time manipulation, but maybe they're doing that as well. I don't know. It's it's pretty annoying though that that Rodriguez did not make the opening day roster. Yeah, you get like a compensation pick if they finish, or if like they win Rookie of the Year, if they finish top five in MVP voting or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this year they're going to have Gunnar Henderson and should have been Grayson Rodriguez both up there for uh, AL Rookie of the Year. There's absolutely no reason that you wouldn't just start the year with both of them up there. This gives you two chances. There's still a team that's trying to be competitive. At least I thought they were because they're young, but they're really talented. I mean, should they got Santander, Santander, Gunnar Henderson, uh, fucking Adley Rutschman, Ryan Mountcastle. Like they, they got bats and they're supposed to have some pitching. And now they just don't. So like much like I like to punt on saves, they're just punting on pitching in general. Yeah, I, I guess you can maybe try to look at Spencer Strider last year. He started last year in the bullpen, didn't make his first start until um, May 30th, it looks like here. So maybe, you know, he won incredible year, 202 strikeouts and 131 innings. Maybe Rodriguez can do something similar to that where he comes up in late April, early May, late May is able to put a rookie of the year uh, campaign together. Maybe look at his, at his odds for rookie of the year. Now that he's not making the roster should go down a bit. So that that's uh, something to keep an eye on. But yeah, that that's going to be wide open. I think the AL rookie of the year race, Gunnar Henderson is the favorite. I don't know if he should necessarily be that, but yeah, the Orioles, they were surprisingly good last year. It looked like they still can be that this year, but um, yeah, we'll have to see what they do with him. Yeah. And I mean, I, I guess I don't necessarily, I mean, I I hate that he went down. I can't sugarcoat it. Like I hate that he went down because that was like one rookie that I was really planning on. Like I, like I went all in on him in my drafts, but where I got him in some of my drafts, especially like my last two drafts that I did, I got him at the very end of the draft. So I'm okay with that. I just kind of planned on him contributing sooner rather than later. It is a tough division. So he's going to have some of the rookies and rookie struggles and stuff. I know uh, in spring training, he had an ERA of like seven, but I couldn't give a shit about a spring training ERA. But he struck out 19 in 15 innings, which is pretty fucking good. Like, just let the man throw 150 innings and see what happens. You're the Orioles. Worst case scenario, you suck. Best case scenario, you're fighting for a wild card. So it's literally every season as a Baltimore Orioles fan. Like, he's... There's no harm in letting him start now. So that one hurt a little bit, but I was able to get some uh, Anthony Volpe and Jordan Walker shares last night also in my draft that I did because shout out ESPN for not updating any of their anything ever. So I got Jordan Walker in like the 23rd round and Anthony Volpe in the 24th or something ridiculous like that in the 12 team. Good evening, Captain Insano. Welcome. We're back. Middle of the day on a Monday. Absolutely love it. I'm feeling good. I had a pretty good day at work. Let's just get into it. Like I came home. I got a a great big fish tank downstairs. I'm always (laughs) uh, I'm a a very nice fish dad. So I come home from work by myself. I like to see all my fish and then go upstairs so that we can record. And my fucking eel was missing. The little piece of shit fucking (laughs) jumped into the filter for like the hundredth fucking time. And I had to fish him out and I hate it. Because he's actually not little. He's like almost a foot long at this point. So like he's a big fucking eel. And I had to 
get in there and I'm always nervous, like skinny bite my fucking finger. Anyways, that rant is over. Uh, all money is fish tank here. Talk. Hey, there we go. My dream when we first started doing this is I wanted to record downstairs and have my fish tank like as my backdrop. So you guys could see like all my fish mm. swimming around behind me. But then I quickly realized that the camera on my laptop doesn't like that much bright light, like directly into the the thing. So I tried sitting in front of it and all you just see is just a wall of fucking light <laughs> behind me. You see no fish. Yeah, not, not great there. But you know what is great? WinBet, the official online sports book of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. WinBet is now active in Massachusetts and tons of other states. Be on the lookout for the WinBet Win Hour each Thursday from 5 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. During WinBet Win Hour, marquee games of the week will have better odds on WinBet, giving you a larger payout opportunity. And March Madness is here. There's so many ways to bet on the big dance. Sign up today to receive a special offer. Bet $100, get $100. Limited to state availability. And of course, for our DGENs only, if you hit the biggest long shot parlay of the week, you get $1,000 free credit. There's so much to choose from. All you have to do is head over to winbet.com or download the Wimbat app. Offer subject to change, terms and conditions at winbet.com. 21 or older and present in the state will play through when available. If you're a similar game problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Looking to hang out with Sean and Ryan at Stadium Swim and watch the biggest golf tournament in the world? You can win a three-night stay at Circa Las Vegas to hang with the guys. Contest is completely free to enter. Just go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash golf party. And if you don't win the contest, you can still get a discount on a room using promo code SGP15. And the Final Four Watch Party is going virtual. Hang out with the guys on their YouTube channel for the entire Saturday of Final Four action. Live bets, prize giveaways, and much more. Subscribe to youtube.com slash sportsgamblingpodcast and tune in on Saturday. And Sano, please believe if I could find a way to get sharks with lasers on their freaking heads, I would do that in a heartbeat because my fish tank, I could talk about my fish tank all day. My fish tank can't be big enough. I already want a fucking bigger one, but I have to find a spot in the floor that can hold the weight because I can't just throw it up in the, like I have a three story. How, well, it's a townhouse, but I got a three story and it's on the second level right now. And if I get a fish tank that's any bigger, it'll fall through the floor. So. I got to figure out how to how to make that happen because I need bigger. But talking about enough, big, uh, enough fish talk there. Yeah, yeah. Talking about big, we're here to make some big bold predictions for the fantasy baseball season. They're always fun to do. They're always a little a little outlandish, but that's the point of them. But the thing I like to do with my bold predictions is I like there to be like a little grain of truth or like a little like a slight chance that it's something that could happen it's got it's gonna be a little wild but there's a chance all right what's your first one then uh my first one is that michael harris the second is gonna only hit 12 home runs this year he hit 19 last year in in what was it 18 games but the thing with him is he has never been much of a power guy. I mean, in 2021, he hit seven home runs in 101 games at double A. Uh, and then he came up last year, triple A, he hit five in like 40 something games, which is pretty, that's pretty good. That's like a, almost a 20 home run pace. And then a hundred and whatever at the major league level. And he hit 19 and all of a sudden everybody's saying he's a uh, 20 home run, 30 steel guy, 25 home runs. If he plays a full season, all that. I I don't know what version of Michael Harris is real. I, I, my bold prediction is that the the powerful version of him is not real, and he's probably more like a 
a 12, 10 to 12 home run guy. He's got the speed. He'll, he'll be up there like <laughs> notorious fish hater. Uh, he'll be out there. He'll be, he'll be out there in the speed category. I'm not hating on the, the steals at all, but yeah, I think 12 home runs is, is, is his max this year. Yeah, that's a very specific bold prediction there. I mean, it, it could happen if his power takes a hit a bit. His his ADP is, I think, a bit high right now at, at 30. He's like that mm-hmm. only outfielder there after, like, Trout is at 17 overall, and then it goes down to Harris at 30. And then you got Rosarina, Varsho, 35-37, Schwarber, Robert. Yeah, so you're saying you, you, would fade, you would fade Harris here and probably take him. I mean, you got... Cedric Mullins, you got Corbin Carroll, Dolores Garcia. You taking Harris over any of them? Uh, me personally, no, no. I okay. I've taken Michael Harris the second in one draft. I think I'm up to seven drafts now. I've taken him in one, and it's because he fell to like he felt like late, like sixth round or seventh round or something, like way later than he should probably go. So I took him just so I could have an outfielder, but. I've been taking a lot of Acuna early and I am all mm-hmm. for stacking people in your lineup, especially like a, a two outfielder stack is awesome. There hasn't been a single time I took Acuna and Michael Harris the second. Yeah. I, I actually have a brave stack in my league. I don't, people care, care a lot about my, my, my home league here. I got a, <laughs> I have, what do I have? I have Olsen, Riley and Harris. I think is that what I have. I got a, I got chocolate. It doesn't matter. No, I've Albies, the infield Albies, Harris and Olsen. So, that's my brave stack there. I'm trying to trade one one of them, but uh, all right. My 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 first bull prediction here is uh, Max Muncy will end the season as a top five second baseman. Uh, he's currently on the Fantasy Pros expert rankings at number nine, behind Altuve, Gleyber Torres, Edmund Jimenez. Four guys ahead of him: Betts, Albies, Jazz, Semyon. I think those guys are, are accurately ranked, but Max Muncy. He's coming off that uh, UCL injury where he, he wasn't being up to his standard, but he's been incredible before that. He had, what, a 35, 36 home runs in 2021, 35 in 2018, 2019, 12 home runs in 58 games in the shortened season. So his average might not be there, but he's going to be hitting in a prime position for, for the uh, Dodgers there. We know how well he should be doing against the shift, because against no shift because he always got shifted. Mm-hmm. He, he hits the ball hard. He pulls the ball, gets some more hits there. And also just, you know, gain some confidence and just hit hit the ball like, like he normally does. Get back to his 30, 35 home run power. Maybe hit 220, 240. If he gets up to 250 like, like he was before, I'd be ecstatic. But I love Muncy as like a, a mid-round option at, at both second base and third base because third base is also, you know, kind of weak as well. I, mm-hmm. I have as a part of this maybe a top six third baseman after Ramirez, Machado, Devers, Witt, Riley, and Arenado. That's top six. That's probably a, a bit, a bit much. But I could see him being better than Bregman at, at uh, seven or Henderson there at eight. Uh, he is ranked yeah. as the ninth best third baseman, so it's not a huge step up. But when you when you take into category, take into what ADP he is, it's uh, I think Muncy's due for a big year. I. Uh- I really like that one. I, I feel like there's going to be a lot of us like saying our bold prediction. They'll be like, oh, I like that one. But yeah, like, I legitimately like that one because we have been very high on Max Muncy on this podcast. Uh, I know for me, I was peeking at my uh, expert rankings on my phone over here. And like for third base, I have Muncy at number nine. And second mm-hmm. base, I have him at number seven. I absolutely think he could be top five 
at second base. Cause like we've talked about a lot, a big part of his issue last year was that elbow that he just refused to get surgery on. He wanted to play through it and it really tanked his power and his entire hitting ability for the majority of the year. But that second half that he put together was amazing. All of his power came back. His average came back up to like 275 in the second half. He he is now the 30 to 35 home run Max Muncy that can hit 240 to 250. And I mean, realistically, how many second basemen are going to hit 250 with 35 home runs in a year or can do that? I mean, Jazz could do that. Simeon could do that. Altuve is not going to. He's out for like three months. That's going to do it. That's good, but you Maybe. know what I learned? Mookie Betts does not have second base eligibility on ESPN, <laughs> and my dumb ass did not pay attention in my home league, and I drafted him to be my second baseman, and I realized when the draft was over <laughs> that he doesn't have second base eligibility. But <laughs> when he work, counts, yes. Got to work the trade block then there. I know, because I got Brandon Lowe. Well, all right, what, what, what's up What's up? What, up, up next for you? Uh, what is up next for me is that Gabriel Moreno – will end the year as the number seven catcher out in very Arizona. Very specific here. I like it. I you know, I kind of like getting specific with my bold predictions because it makes them easier for me to keep track of, and it's just a little more fun. I think he ends the year as the number seven catcher. Uh, he reminds me very much of like um, an Alejandro Kirk light. Not even a light, just like a slightly hmm. younger version, younger, I guess. Yeah. He's hit. He's hit over 300 at essentially every level, I think, except for like 2019 or something like that. He hit 280 at double A or single A. Uh, He came up, he played like 23 games last year for Toronto. He hit like 318. I'm saying like because it's like right in that ballpark. He hit like 318. He didn't have like any power. One double, one home run. Mm -hmm. I think he scored seven runs. But out there in Arizona, it's an excellent place to hit. They got a lot of young guys out there to get on base in front of him. So he's going to bat a lot with people on. And he's there's a realistic chance that him and Kurt could be the only catchers to hit over 300 this year. And I think a lot of people are underestimating that, especially since Carson Kelly is out for a very long time. So there's mm-hmm. nobody there to take any ABs away from him. So I love that one. You know, I certainly hope to hope that uh, comes through. I, I mentioned last show I, I drafted Moreno in, in the last round as my catcher. I think he's definitely going to be a top twelve catcher. Would you say seven? Seven's mm-hmm. probably probably a good spot there after uh, between the Contreras's, Sean Murphy up there. But yeah, I, I think Moreno's he's projected to hit ninth for the Diamondbacks, but I imagine if he keeps it up, what he did in spring training, hit three seventy with three bombs in ten games, he'll. Uh, He'll move up that order pretty quick and get more RBI opportunities. So yeah, I, I like that. Uh, definitely keep an eye out on Moreno for, for you people out there in two catcher leagues. He'd probably be gobbled up in that league. But even in, in one catcher league, if it's twelve teams, you know, if you're someone like me who who may have looked to uh, punt catcher, take a look at him. See if he's on the waiver wire. All right, we got a question here from Captain Insano asking for a bold prediction: How many stolen bases will lead the league? Oh, how bold do you want me to get? Because I have a number in my head. I 75. Seven, I think Estieri Ruiz steals 75 bases this year. I'm trying to look up the most in like the 2000s. Um, oh, shit, that, 2000s, Juan Pierre was stealing like 80 bags back then. Same with Jose Ho- Reyes. Jose Reyes got 78 back in 07. Ellsbury 70 09, Pedsednik 70 and 04. 
Well, Willie really Tavares, 68 and 08. Juan Pierre, 65 and 03. Juan Pierre, 64, 64. Uh, Jose Reyes. Yeah, uh, I mean, 75 hasn't been done since Jose Reyes in 07. And there's a lot of speedy guys out there. Trey Turner is going to be hitting leadoff for the Phillies. Uh, mm-hmm. He's going to be getting, I'm not sure if he's going to get 75, but he'll, he'll get some. Um, Who's the guy I'm thinking of? Uh, Esther Ruiz for, for the yeah. Athletics. If he can get on base. Yeah, stolen bases are going to be way up. Uh, what was the leader last year? 2022 was not even on here. So uh, <laughs> as a single leading. I think it was John Birdie. No, it wasn't John Birdie. It was probably. It, wasn't... it was John Birdie with 41. Mateo had 35. Mullins had 34. Rosarina 32. So, yeah, probably. So the top two combined for 76. Let's go with 76. That's my love it. Yeah. I think uh, just to expand on that a little bit, Ruiz out in Oakland, I think he is one of the, probably the better prospects they've had in a very, very, very long time. And they have literally nothing to play for. They suck. Like there, there's no like glimmer of hope that they don't suck. And we had the new uh, pickoff rules, the bigger bags, all that. I genuinely think they're just going to give him a green light. It doesn't matter what base he's on. They might let him fucking try and steal a home. Like he's going to get a green light every single time he's on base, and he is so fast. He played like – it was like 15 games last year at the major league level, and I think he was in the 98th percentile in sprint speed. for, And he had hardly any registered running, like base running, and he was in the 98th percentile. He's still like, I think he's still 85 bases in the minor leagues last year, 86 it, across all the levels last year. He's legitimately, if he gets 75 this year, I'm I'm here for it, especially in TGFBI. Yeah, Catfish in the chat asking if stolen bases should increase with the limitations and the rules. Yeah, absolutely. Pitch count, mm-hmm. pickoff rule is huge. You can only pick off twice. And then on the third one, you have to get them or it's a balk. Um, and yeah, it's... Uh, Bigger bases, so there's a little, little less space there to have to have to run throws. Yeah, stolen bases should, should absolutely be uh, on the increase this season. And I think they have been in, in uh, spring spring training. Who was the one uh, the other day? Was it Acuna where they did two pickoff moves to first base and then they just gave him second? Did I you think see so. that? I think I saw some highlight like that. Yeah, yeah, because like cause there was no nothing gave it to him. That could happen too. Or like, yeah. Where, where it's a balk instead of a stolen base, or it's just... I wonder if they'll score that as defensive indifference to start doing that, but... Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Um, before, what you got next? I got, I got one more. A uh, bit of a homer pick here. A bit of a hopeful homer pick. Alec Bohm <laughs> will finish as a top eight third baseman. Ooh. He is right now a 13th. Seven is Bregman. Eight is Henderson. Nine is Muncie. I think Bohm, he, he showed a lot of promise two years ago. He showed some uh, some good stuff sec- last year in the second half. He might be playing some first base this year with uh, Reese Hoskins out, and you know his big downfall has been his uh, defense. So if he doesn't have to focus on throwing too much and he can just focus on hitting the ball, he should be uh, doing pretty good. 13 home runs last year, 24 doubles, hit 280. If he can get that average up and hit, start hitting for power, I think he can get up there at uh, third base and possibly first base. Now, first base is... A little bit deeper, has, has more big boppers there towards the end, but I could see him being a, a viable first base option by the end of the year. That's a bold one. I like that because I, I have Bohm as my yeah. number 16 third baseman. Mm. But he is one, I will say, 
I, I look at my fantasy pros rankings a lot lately because for those of you that don't know, I'm on the uh, expert rankings committee and they do keep track of all of us at the end of every year. They keep track of everybody's rankings and where they finished and they put out a top 10 list uh, of all the experts that were on there and where they ranked. And please believe I fully plan to be in the top five coming in this next year. I have Bowman number 16. I want to move him up. I just can't figure out where to put him above 16 right now. I loved his second half. He did show a little pop. I love that he can hit 300 or it, it's in, it's in his realm of possibility to mm-hmm. hit over 300 for a season and the dual eligibility would be sweet. Uh, Hoskins not being there. I'm trying to think of a silver lining. Maybe like that's less home runs that get hit in front of him. <laughs> so there's more people on base when he comes up to bat. So then he just it gets a few more counting stats or something. It could. I mean, it's possible. I love the Homer pick, though. Yeah. All right. And uh, we were also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy continues their March Madness College Pick'em. It's a great way to get in the action, especially if your bracket's busted. Plus, Underdog Fantasy has your favorite college basketball player props and great NBA, NHL, and MLB daily games. Head over to underdogfantasy.com and use promo code SGPN for 100% deposit bonus up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. What you got third on your list? All right. This is the fun one because I think it's one everybody wants to see, but who knows if it'll happen. O'Neill Cruz has a 40 40 season. Is it it crazy? Yes. Is is it bold? Yes. Will it happen? Probably not, but God damn it. I hope it does. Uh, He has all the power in the world. His. His baseball savant page by the end of this season, playing like a full year at the major league level, could look like Jordan Alvarez's, but with 97th percentile speed. He strikes out a lot. I know he struck out a lot in spring training this year, which, as we learned from Mike Curland, is one of the things you want to look for to see if somebody actually improved or not, which means he hasn't really improved. But in the second half, or like towards the end of last year, his K rate was way down to like 27% from like 40 percent so he has shown that his plate discipline has improved i mean he hit a ball like 120 miles an hour and if you go look at his uh stat cast data from last year his game logs everything he hit was like over 100 miles an hour it feels like he has the raw power to hit 40 in a season if he gets the ab's and in pittsburgh he will he's gonna bat towards the top of the lineup so there'll be plenty of chances and he has the speed to steal 40. It's going to come down to will they let him run that much, which I think could hinder it. I think he he gets to 40 home runs before he gets to 40 stolen bases. But like we were just talking about with the stolen base leader for this year, I mean, anything's possible. Speed is going to be cheap. He could he could sleepwalk to 40 steals with his speed. Yeah, that, that is definitely a, a bold prediction there. That's probably your, your boldest yet. Um, <laughs> I, I cannot co-sign it. He, good good year last year in 87 games, 17 home runs, 10 stolen bases, had 14 attempts. So, you know, I'll, I'll be stealing more. I, I could see him get into that 30 stolen bases. I'm not sure if I'm going to say 40 because we don't really know what's going to happen this season. But, yeah, 17 home runs in half a year. He could get up to, to 30, 35. Uh, 40 is bold. 40 is definitely bold there. Yeah, come down to how many plate appearances they let him. They let him get. Well, I mean, he's he's p- supposed to hit leadoff for them, so 
It's still the it Pirates, though. They still got, it is still the got a bat around to him. <laughs> it is the Pirates. That's true. He might only get three at-bats in a game, plus a walk or something. Um, all right. My third bold prediction here is uh, Yoshida ends the season as a top 25 outfielder. I've uh, been pretty big on Ashtaka uh, Yoshida recently. I got him in my league. Right now, he's the 49th outfielder on uh, the Fantasy Pros Expert Consensus Rankings. 25 would put him in like the top 100 overall up there with uh, Yelich, Santander, Quan, Taylor Ward, Chris Bryant. are all 24 to 28. So I think he could definitely end up in that type of position. I think he's supposed to hit uh, le- or cleanup for the Red Sox, so plenty mm-hmm. of RBI opportunities. He... he was a great hitter in Japan. He was a great hitter in the World Baseball Classic. So I think that just uh, carries over. And supposedly supposedly everyone in the clubhouse loves him, and there's a, a bunch of buzz around him. So, yeah, I think he'll be able to uh, live up to the hype a little bit and get a, get a top 25 outfield spot. I, I don't think that's outside the realm of possibility, and he's getting drafted pretty late as well. Like, I think his ADP is still somewhere like around 150, which is pretty low. It might even be later than that, to be honest. Even after the WBC, he didn't seem to move a whole lot. I know people are scared to see if the the power will translate over to the major leagues because it never really seems to translate that well. But his biggest strength isn't his power. It's his ability to put the bat on the ball. Uh, he hardly struck. I think his strikeout would have put him second in baseball behind who Luis Arias would have put him second behind Luis Arias for the year. And oh, because he's a lefty batting at Fenway. I think my six-year-old son is taller than that, (laughs) that in right field. So it doesn't really take a ton of, a ton to get out there. And he's going to be playing half of his games. Yeah. I I like the top 25. I think that's, I like that one. That's, that's probably my favorite of yours. I got a lot of Yoshida. I'm not gonna lie. All right, what's your what's your next one here? Is is it as bold as your uh, your last one? Oh, hello. Uh, Hunter Green will strike out okay. 250 batters. 250. Is that any better? That, I mean, that, yeah, that is I mean, bold. he pitched how many innings with the last year? 125 innings last year with 164 Ks. I, we discussed him a little bit on the last episode when we talked about how. He's a prime example of somebody that uh, if you just looked at his stuff on paper early, it looked like he was really struggling. But then when you looked at who he faced, he faced like mm-hmm. the Braves twice and the Dodgers and the Cardinals twice. And so he got shelled, a young guy. Then that, but then at the end of the year in his last, it was like, was his last six games? He was striking out double digits, like or eight plus Ks every game over six innings, not walking a lot of people. He looked in prime form. Uh, we had uh, Nick, Pollock from Pitcher List. First time he talked a lot about Hunter Green, and he talked about how his success comes from that crazy fastball up in the zone and hitting people with the slider down and away. And that's what he started doing at the end of last year. I think if he can come into this year with that same mindset and kind of force people to try and get that 100, 102 mile an hour fastball up in the zone and then just bury the slider down and away. If he can get 170 innings, 175 innings, 180, he could hit 250 strikeouts. Will it happen? Uh, we'll see. 
He's going to get shelled some games and get pulled because it is the Reds, so they suck. Their home ballpark is like the least pitcher-friendly ballpark in baseball, but I, I would love to see it. Yeah, it's it's a relatively easier division, too. I mean, he'll be able to beat up on the Pirates, and the Cubs are getting better, but should be able to get some strikeouts there. Yeah, last uh, August to September, he had one August start, uh, then he got hurt, came back in middle of September. 29 innings, 45 strikeouts. Uh, first half, he had... Ooh, that's I don't know, but yeah, green uh, 250, <laughs> 250 is, is high there. I, I, I lost my tab, but yeah, case per nine of uh 11.7. If he gets up to to close to 200 innings, that so you can definitely get up there to 250, especially if he's as electric as he was in September. Yeah, he he faced uh or he threw 900 sliders last year and had just shy of a 40 percent whiff rate on his slider when he threw almost a thousand he drew over a thousand fastballs i had a whiff rate of like 29 percent, which is pretty fucking good like if you can hone that in for an entire year and the reds can get any help offensively uh, i mean God, i'm trying to think of a way they could will myers 30 home runs yeah. <laughs> call up ellie de la cruz let him and o'neill cruz battle it out for the the battle of the cruises see who can get to 40 40 first <laughs> Just playing never-ending season, which everyone reaches at first, yeah. is gets to keep the last name. <laughs> oh, what did Insano say here? League lead of seventy-five stolen bases will be more wins than how many teams? <laughs> oh. Yeah, there's a lot of teams going to lose. A hundred? How many hundred lost teams? I'm going to say four. The Tigers are going to lose a hundred. I think the Pirates lose a hundred. Nats. Nats are going to lose more than 100. Athletics. Athletics for sure. I could see I could Not, see Casey, Casey staying just below 100. See, I was going to say, I, I think Casey could be a sneaky over bet. I don't know what their, what their over-under is for wins on the season, but I think they could be a sneaky over because their win total is going to be low. Yeah, last year there were Nats lost 107. Reds and Pirates each lost uh, 100. And then the A's lost 102. Yeah, and Sano is taking us down a little bit of a rabbit hole here. We'll take it. We'll, we'll take the interaction <laughs> yeah, here. It. It's a good conversation. Um, yeah, and I know there's. Oh, sorry. I'm saying I know there's some of you guys watching on Facebook as well because you're commenting on the Facebook post that I made in the fantasy baseball group on Facebook. I see you guys. You can comment on there, and I will respond to it, and I will read it on here as well. Uh, yeah, my, my final bull prediction. I, I, I don't love it. It's probably my my least favorite one here. But Chris Sale, uh, top thirty starting pitcher, which will put him in a top hundred overall. Just a potential bounce back for him. He seems to be in a, in a good headspace. Pretty much two years off after he had Tommy John, right? Tommy John, then a broken finger last year. Yep. So I don't think he'll get back to what he was doing with three hundred strikeouts, two hundred seventy four strikeouts, but two hundred strikeouts. Good ERA might get might get a decent amount of wins up there in Boston. Could be a, a sneaky decent team, but yeah, Chris Sale. I, I was looking at these pitchers like, like forty or lower. I was like, you know, what? why not? Let's, let's let's go with the Chris Sale bounce back season. Yeah, I like that. I, I got Sale at forty three on my expert rankings, so nothing wrong there. Like he's if he's back. I mean, he's he's never going to be back because he's older, but he's just got to be like somewhat back. Just be an adequate yeah. pitcher and. That's that's not terrible. 
I, I think the Boston Red Sox do have a little better team than we initially gave them credit for when Bogarts left and everybody was talking shit about how bad they are. Uh, low bro. What up, man? Uh, <laughs> but Boston, that they're going to have him in games when he's pitching. So he shouldn't, he shouldn't get the early yank, which is going to help. I just, I don't know. He hasn't pitched enough recently for me to know how to feel about him. So I'm kind of like thinking it through as we go. I mean, it's possible. It's possible. He's not, uh, he's not, that's why it's bull. He's not their number one. That's true. That's true. He's not their number one. He's their number two. I think uh, Kluber got the opening day nod, I believe. But they're both old, man. If sales back, sales number one. That's true. They almost, it almost feels like you could like just have one of them be uh, an opener and then just have him throw like four innings and then have the other one come in and throw five (laughs) innings and you'd have like one really good pitcher. Yeah, and then you have just four crap ones. <laughs> okay, I have one more as well. Uh, it shouldn't come as a surprise to many people that have listened or watched this show. Uh, his name rhymes with Jared Yelenik. Uh, I think Jared Kelnick hits 250 this year with 28 home runs and wins a gold glove in the outfield. I thought you were just going to stick with 250. I was like, okay, that, that, that might be reasonable. 28 home <laughs> runs. He has 21 in 147 career games. So, you know, if he, if he keeps up his power swing from spring training, had four home runs, he could, uh, could do that. Uh, 250. That's might be, might be bolder than the home run numbers. Cause given his, uh, career average of 168, but he's a good hitter. He was a first round pick. He was brought over in that, that trade. He, he hit well in the minors. So yeah, I mean, hopefully for for your sake and for Mariners fans' sake, he does. I, I think I have a little bit of Kalnick shares, but yeah, Kalnick is is one of these post 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 type sleepers that the people have. I I will die on the Kalnick Hill and say no. I mean, yeah, post type sleeper. I mean, a lot of people are gonna say, you know, like I was in on Kalnick like in spring training. I thought he was gonna do good, and all oh, damn, look at him doing good. I called it, and I, I'm gonna be here. I have been calling for this since we started this podcast <laughs> in September, like September seventh. <laughs> I talked about Kalnick on our first episode, and I have talked about him almost every episode since then. Um, I like all of the moves that he has made this offseason. Which again, this is all stuff that you could say every year with Kelnick, but he's something is different this year than years past. He's not a cocky little shit anymore. He's like legitimately a humble person that is, he he's listening to the help. I mean, we have uh man, who the hell is he's on the radio out here. Uh, some of the Chuck and if you're from the Seattle area, he's on Chuck and Buck. Uh, Bucky Jacobson. Ah, there we go. He he played in the majors for a little while. I mean, he hasn't played forever. He wasn't even really anybody that was that relevant back when he did play. Uh, they did a little like interview with Kelnick, and Kelnick stayed after the interview with Bucky Jacobson for like forty five minutes just to talk hitting because he wants to get a uh, hitting perspective from as many different people as he can. It's translated into this crazy smooth swing that he has. In spring training, he hit 353, bunch of home runs. I think he ended up spring training like third in total bases, which is nuts. OPS through the roof. He's part of a platoon, which I think can help him as well with AJ. I don't know why you're here, Pollock, but <laughs> I, I'm i ready 
for Kelnick to unleash the fucking beast, and I think this is the year that it happens. Yeah, I mean, that, that, that'll be fun to see if you can finally put it all together. Oh, please keep an eye on Jared Kelnick, and just remember that you heard it here first. <laughs> uh, and if you want to keep hearing it here first, go ahead and follow us on Apple Podcast and Spotify. Just Baseball Money is Fake. We're on both. If you were checking this out today, we have only done, I think we have 11. This will be the 12th episode up on YouTube, if that is where you're watching us. But we have 53 episodes in total that started at the beginning of September last year. And we went all through the offseason, all the way up till now. A lot of cool guests. Nick Pollock from Pitcher List, Gary Sheffield Jr., who I'm going to be playing MLB The Show with tomorrow, more than likely. Uh, Eric Cross over at Rotoballer now. Uh, the 2021 Fantasy Baseball Writer of the Year has been on here we got a lot of good stuff a lot of evergreen content that's just still good all of our rankings go check us out give us a follow subscribe on the youtube if you're here from that as well we're here three days a week we were kind of lucky in the sunday show yesterday so maybe that'll be something that happens moving forward we'll see but other than that it's like tuesdays thursdays monday tuesday thursday just continuous content baby yeah, and uh, shout out Catfish. Said he's been wearing his Baseball Money's Fake hat all day. He loves when people ask about it. Uh, you can get your own Baseball Money's Fake merch in the SGPN merch store, sg.pn slash store. Uh, under the brand, just click on Fantasy Baseball. We got hats, we got shirts, we got hoodies. So make sure you check that out and, and rep us. And tell your friends. Tell your friends about the podcast. Anything, <laughs> and Everything helps us grow. Yeah, tell everybody. We appreciate it. We love talking to you guys while we record these. We love recording these for these for you guys. The best part is we we have fun doing it. Really hard to put out really good content, but we genuinely enjoy doing this every time. Even if it's we have some unplanned episodes sometimes where we just kind of like fuck it, let's just get on the let's just get on like here's a general concept. We'll just go, and we always have so much fun. We love talking to you guys while we do it. Who doesn't enjoy talking baseball? And we're like, man, was it four days from opening day? Three days from opening day? Three days, yeah. So. It's here two days till I can sign up on T-Mobile for my free MBAT bat for That's tomorrow, for that. yeah, Tuesday. T-Mobile Tuesdays. Not a sponsor, oh, just, so just, a, just a great offer. <laughs> just a sponsor of my life every year for like six months. <laughs> but yeah, other than that, uh, go follow. Uh, you can catch me on Twitter at Balake, B-U-H-H-L-O-C-K-A-Y-E. And you can follow me on Twitter at rgilbertsop. We will catch you guys next time. Peace. Peace.